to The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast. Happy 2016 to all our friends in the Drummer in the Great Mountain audience listening on the podcast, readers of the book, The Drummer in the Great Mountain, a transformational guide to transforming adult ADD, ADHD by Michael Joseph Ferguson. As always, I'm your host, Batman Saram, and every week I have Michael Joseph Ferguson on this audio guide. It's a companion to the book, uh, The Drummer in the Great Mountain which Michael wrote, and uh, we have built a community through the book and the website and this podcast, and we are all here in this game together, this game of transformation, this journey of transformation of being what we call hunter types. We left off last year um, with some tips and tricks to kind of get you ready for the new year, and we we covered that, and uh, we want to use today's episode, today's show, to... Uh, get a little more specific on a specific topic, and that's developing a creative discipline. One of the things that we have mentioned over and over on this podcast is that in Michael's research, and for those of you who are hunter types, for those of you that know hunter types, have seen the correlation between hunter types and being an artist, an artist spirit, and that can apply to any form of art. Michael and I are musicians, um, painters, authors, you name it. The gamut runs wide of what we call an artist type. And then that crossover, that union with being hunter types, which is something I'm excited to say we're going to also focus on this year, um, is we're going to um, start a trend on the podcast of bringing in special guests. And our goal is definitely to bring in uh, guests in the artist community who also 
our hunter types on the transformational path because we want our audience to hear from them. So I guess that's one shout out I'll, I'll give to our community is if you know of artists on any level, and we're not talking about necessarily people who have made it on any level, but that are on this path, um, or if you're one, I should say, if you're listening to us and you're an artist, write into Michael, give us feedback, and um, we want to fuel this fire even more. But getting down to it, developing a creative discipline. Um, what is What does that mean? What does that mean for being an artist type? And uh, as always, I'll bring in my good friend, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. I can't even believe we're saying that. I know, 2016. It has been uh, 2015 flew by. And we say that every year. And, you know, and that's one of the things I think that's interesting is that as, 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 as hunter types, um, we, with that whole thing of how we, our focus, um, I don't want to call it abilities, but I can't think of a better word right now, but our tendencies of focus and unfocus i think time kind of has interesting meaning to us and and our perception of it so it just seems like every year it it definitely flies by and sometimes that i, I don't know about you but that gives me a little bit of angst that i haven't done enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really need to step it up next year but I, that's also the whole interesting journey part of being hunter types is that our, our goal is not to do a lot of things rather than uh do things one at a time or a few at a time and, and do them well which is kind of what we're going to talk about today Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, just to zoom out, I mean, I think we got 23 episodes in, yes. in 2015. So that's quite the, that's I just want to celebrate that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I thought, you know, we kick off today uh, going into the new year. Um, I, I wanted to have some kind of new year's topic. And part of what um, I'd like to do with this podcast, I think there's like, there's two pieces that we, I think going into the new year we'll be doing. One is I view this as being like a life coaching session with the crew, everyone who's listening in and tuning in, like you're going to get some pieces that you'll probably hear repeated over and over and over again. And just from my experience of just coaching people that you, we all need to hear it. So there'll be definitely repeated pieces that you'll be getting as if you would be getting like a life coaching session. And so I want to start off today's session with just a little bit of that going into just just um, getting you guys uh, set up for the new year, maybe give you a couple uh, pieces, reference a couple things in the book, and then we're going to get into the main topic of uh, developing a creative discipline. Um, so just to kick it off, um, I, I, what I would suggest in terms of, uh, I know many of you are setting goals or have set goals or felt frustrated in the past that you set goals and nothing happened. And so you were just like, screw it, I'm not even going to do it. Um, so I want to encourage you getting the year started with setting some goals. I think it's a good time to do it and give yourself until like February 14th to get it all squared away. So if you feel like you already blazed past January 1st and you're like, oh, forget it. It's already, I've already blew it. Uh, you got plenty of time. To, you know, make this take this time at the beginning of the year to set the trajectory for your life uh, coming up in 2016. Even if you hit a, a quarter of those goals, if you don't set them down, you won't probably hit any of them. Uh, or you might, and it just might be happenstance. But it's helpful to, to put them down on paper and and look at them and, and work through it. So the first suggestion I would have going into New Year is go to if you have the book. 
Um, you, it's not recommend, you don't have to have the book, but if you do have the book, if you go to page 93 in the life visioning chapters, uh, chapter six. So that whole chapter, if you just sit down and go through all the exercises and at least go to, to page 93, the visioning process and go through that, go through those exercises. That is a really good, that'll give you a really good start for the year. Uh, those have been thought through. They've been, they've been filtered through many different people uh, and have been uh, supportive. So I would encourage you to go through that. Start assembling your goals and consider um, you know, taking these goals and maybe doing a vision board or a vision video. That's all, both are mentioned in the, the, uh, in the book. Um, those, just to visualize your goals so you can see it, you can imagine it, you can have it in, built into your subconscious so you can actually feel what it feels like to, to accomplish some of your goals. I think that's a really good piece to, to give you that spark ongoing, which is a lot of what we need to keep our goals alive is that spark that some kind of inspiration it just having words on a piece of paper is usually not enough you need something that's going to keep you going and then after if, if some people may have one or two but most hunter types will have like 20 main goals filter them down to four the four or five most important to you so look at your list and go okay these four or five are the most important and let's put some focus on that uh start breaking those down into clear action items Again, a lot of this is really is covered in detail in that chapter in the book. Uh, place them on your schedule with reminders. So you, most of you have smartphones. Put things on. Put them as repeating tasks with reminders. You know, get the email reminder if you can, uh, depending on what you're using for your calendar. And then the last piece would be if you have health goals. Really consider using the tracking system mapped out in the health and wellness chapter in chapter, I think that's chapter nine of the book. Yeah, so uh, chapter nine goes through, if you look towards the end of that chapter, you'll see there's a tracking system that's very simple, 30 days tracking your health. Uh, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, gives you, then after that you get a really good map of what's, what health routines are actually working and beneficial to you. So that would be that is our our little life visioning kickoff for the year. Uh, please keep us posted as to your success with these. And, and again, thank you all for I've, we've been just getting more and more emails and messages from from you guys saying um, that it's the podcast is supportive, the book's been helpful. So please keep those coming and please be specific about what's what helped so that we can uh, it helps us then to know what to share, what to focus on. And in moving into then the topic of the day, in developing a creative discipline, one thing I should retract is that I didn't want to make it sound like you have to be an artist to be a hunter type or that if you are a hunter type that uh, we're just focusing on artists. What today's episode is about is that whether you are an artist or not, but you definitely are a hunter type, creating um, a way to have creative expression, having this creative discipline is a way to reduce stress and will give you purpose and meaning. So am I, am I right on that, Michael? It has nothing to do necessarily with whether like you have done art for a living or you want to do art. It's just the very science and nature of doing something creative, which is a stress reducer, which is so important to being a hunter type. You know, that's it. I think, you know, art and creativity is, it's a muscle for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, I think for, I think at the core of this is, I think from, from most of the hunter types that I've worked with, when we're not in a 
phase of satis- in a satisfying way expressing our creativity. And again, it could be if you're an entrepreneur, it's planning and creating a new business. If you, in, if you are an artist or a musician, or it could be something that you, you build things or you're, you're, you're more of an engineer mind. You like designing things and c- coming up with new ideas and building them. Uh, it could be... Um, you know, carpenter, you're building. So whatever it is where you're sitting down, you're exercising your creativity. That's what we're talking about. And I think specifically I'm speaking to a lot of the people that aren't full-time artists that are, that feel frustrated because their job or even the family or everything else that's going on is taking away from them feeling like they're having space to themselves a certain, a certain time during the week where they can really dig into their creativity and and it was just what we'll get into today. Feel feel like you're moving forward. You're creating things. You're 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 moving forward with your creative life. And it to just speaking, I think we can both speak to this. When we're not doing that, it's we can be depressed and listless and frustrated, and we get mad at people, and, and we just get grouchy. And so I just see it over and over. When you have that piece locked into your schedule, and you're really exercising, you're getting support on it, even if it's not your full time job or even part time job, then uh, it just makes all the difference in the world. So this is that's specifically what we're talking about. And I've seen both sides of this. Um, one thing I've always done, we've both done, it's been, been transparent about our own lives on this podcast, and I know that's something our audience appreciates, is what I mean by both sides of this is I did the typical hunter type thing. I ADD'd on my own life uh, path. I went out to, into the world at uh, 22 after college, full-time job, corporate guy, Kind of dropped all that and went and became a full-time musician. Um, that didn't work out just as a living, just as far as survival and making money. Came back and started my own business, still having music as a pretty good supplemental living. Then eventually uh, a family, which is another dream, and, and you have to make sacrifices in life. And having a family meant that you know that wasn't going to work either. Back to the corporate world, full-time, uh, 40, 50-hour work weeks. And then at one point finding myself um, in, in, in this um, category, which you brought up, which is um, it's a struggle for. And, and, and again, I say artists because I can only speak for myself as a musician artist, um, but it could be anything where where you have that art. Like you said, it can be an engineer or you're an entrepreneur, but here you are stuck in a day job. And you're not able to focus on your entrepreneurial spirit, which is very artistic and creative in yes. being an entrepreneur. And I can tell you, absolutely, it's a struggle. And, 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 but, but within that struggle, if you're on this transformational path, if you're following the points of the book and the points of the podcast, you will find that there is in some way a satisfactory, complementary compromise to having this creative discipline. For me, one thing I've worked out in my life is that I make sure my band plays minimum once a month. That's really all I have time for with a family and a full-time job. But I found that's just right. That's just the right threshold. That's just the right saturation point for me to bring the sound system to a venue. Our band plays three hours. We have fun. We're together. That gets it out. I mean, my wife always says when I come back from a gig these days, okay, so I'm not gigging full-time and touring the country and the world like I used to. But coming back from this gig, she notices an absolute reduction in stress and anxiety in me. She can just see it in my vibration. So 
I know it's a struggle, but if you follow the patterns of the book, especially, Michael, the, the parts of the book and the podcast that we've talked about over and over about having that routine of, 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 of um, having a vision, first of all, having a plan, the exercising, all of that, and then now finding this place for, to be creative, it, it really can make a huge difference on this journey. Absolutely. There, there's just no doubt. <clears throat> I see. I see it over and over again. And I see. And I think so. One thing going into some of the points that we're going to talk about. Uh, if you're in your car, I would recommend uh, that when you get to where you're going, write it. You know, if anything jumps out at you, write it down. Write an email to yourself. Do something so that you're actually taking some of these points and 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 exercising and you know doing something with them so you can feel like you know you d- it didn't just go in and then you forget about it and you go on. So just like, make sure make, you're not doing that while you're driving. Not while you're driving, <laughs> but when you get to where you're going, or if you're at home and you're listening, then you know just scribble down some notes. It's important that yeah. that discipline, if you haven't developed it yet, I can tell you as one of the key pieces to having a creative discipline is writing things down, writing your ideas down, getting into the habit of doing it. That is, I can almost say it's almost at the top of my list of things that has allowed me to do so many things with, with my creativity and, you know, and the last 20 two years at least making a living with, with my creativity directly um, and pretty much making my own schedule. So that I, I really want to encourage that. So uh, going into the um, – so first off, you want to start building wins. And so if you're if – you're, my suggestion would be schedule times during the week – that you're going to be, you're going to say, I'm locking this into my schedule. I know that work and with, with family, and I'm going to lock in at least one or two times a week that I'm going to be creative. I'm going to lock in a couple hours so I can really dig in and make this happen. So the, here's the key piece to that. If you schedule, if you're planning a time to be creative during the week, do not plan it when you're going to be wiped out. Because you're just going to feel miserable because you're tired and then you don't have the motivation to do anything creative. And then it creates a negative loop. And that happens with a lot of people. So build in a win. Find, pick a time, you know, if it's going to be the difference between Saturday morning and Thursday night after work. Unless you can really get amped and feel good on Thursday night, schedule it on Saturday so you can wake up, feel refreshed, and get some energy. And, and even if it's less time, if it's more satisfying time, it will create a positive uh, feedback loop and you'll be able to continue it. So please pick some times during the week that feel really conducive to creativity. Many of us, it's at night. And so, you know, after you've maybe eaten dinner and relaxed a little bit, then you can jump in. That's great. Maybe you need to have just a little um, <clears throat> cup of tea or something just to give you a little, not to, so you're awake all night, but just to get you up a little bit. You know, figure out what you need to do so you can make that time most conducive to feeling good and having a, a positive feedback loop. Uh, the other thing is strike a balance between self-discipline and play. So if you're sitting down and you're learning a craft, um, if, you're t- if you have that voice and you says, you have to be perfect, you have to be perfect, you have to be perfect, which a lot of us hunter types do, to the point where it, it kills the joy of doing it, then you need to read, you have to start changing your inner dialogue. You need to come in with your conscious mind to say, look, I showed up. I actually I made it to my creative 
point. I'd say I, I set this time aside. I'm here. I'm going to celebrate that, and I'm going to make it a conscious effort to enjoy this. Because if there's no enjoyment in the process of it, and you're constantly just wanting to be really, really, really good, then you're going to kill it. It's just it'll it'll kill the process. You won't be enjoying yourself, and it's common for us hunter types to do that. And it's that finding that balance where you have the the inner critic, that need for excellence, that's a really good thing. We shouldn't let that go because it makes us refine what we're doing. But if it's over the top, then it kills it. So that's an inner dialogue that needs to be developed. And again, in the book, I talk about the inner critic. Most hunter types have a really strong inner critic. You soften this by telling yourself, having a, a dialogue saying, I showed up. I made it to this point. I'm, I'm going to work towards doing something excellent, but in this moment, I'm just going to enjoy this process. And, and the enjoyment of it, if that's where your focus is, of taking your creative time and really enjoying it, will make you a better artist. You will get better to, by like all good artists, people that are really at the top of their game, enjoy it. Otherwise, they burn out. It's the people that have the long-term stretch where they can just keep going and keep going. And, it's, and they do, they're able to do it because they love it. And so part of that has been taming the inner critic. And I've, anyway, yeah. go, I want to hear your take on that. Yeah, I, I was, was just going to say this one reminds me, again, I'll speak from, from my vantage point of this, which is um, I'm working on a, um, a composition project right now. Uh, it's a long-term project and it has business aspects to it. Sure. But let's just talk about the artist aspect. I'm working on about 10 new compositions for, um, what will in essence be my, my third piece of work. I've, I've released two, this will be the third. It'll be in a different way. It's more oriented for, um, the young audience, uh, children's audience. Long story short, I found myself, um, the first composition I did for this new project was back in November. And because of this transformational process, I found myself taking a completely different approach, which worked. Whereas in the past, so where I would, what I would do before where I would shoot myself in the foot, this inner critic that you talk about is that I literally would not ever really complete that song or at least not for a long time and then get frustrated and burnt out on a project before where I had a producer kind of breathing down my back saying where are these songs what's going on and before I got on the transformational path I couldn't put my finger on why it's taking so long or why I said it would be ready and it's not and the reason was is that let's talk about the parts of a composition a song if you will Um, an introduction a verse a bridge or a chorus and an ending I would so spin my wheels as the inner critic on the introduction, I would never actually get to writing the verse for a long time, and then I still had all this other work to do. How did I change that around with this uh, composition, which I'm very happy with, that I did in November, one of 10 uh, things I have to do for this project? I just went through. When I hit the record button on my little MIDI keyboard, because that's where I'm composing this initially before bringing in the other instruments, what I... What I promised myself is I am not going to hit stop on the record button till I've played through the chart I had kind of a sketch chart I had written for myself till all the parts were recorded. And I promised myself that once it's done, I would then go break down each section and then, you know, um, and then do my my cut ins and correct things. And I'm telling you, it was it was it was so it's so interesting as an artist to 
completely transformed the way you approach your art, the way you have for 40 years I've been on this planet, and it worked. So I just, I, I, I again, I can only speak from my vantage point, so I hope that helps our audience is that that was it. I, that's the only promise I made myself was you do not hit stop on the record button till you are full through. You're going to mess up in there. There's going to be mistakes. Finish it yeah. and then come back to it as a whole piece, and that really helped move things along. I've never completed a composition as fast as I did that one. That see, that's it. Yeah, that's such a good. And you know, having done, have been producer on a project for especially audio um, with musicians and and also the storytellers is that when you get in that habit of like starting and stopping and starting and stopping, it creates this weird psychological twitch where you're like you're constantly you don't let yourself well, you're building go. You anxiety. Don't let go you're building your you're 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 subconsciously creating anxiousness in yourself and here you are in this what's supposed to be artistic and therapeutic and yet all you do as a hunter type is you're creating anxiety for yourself it's it's a really interesting cycle you need to get into that flow space where you were yes. it, it, it that's the most important thing yes. it's the, it, and part of being in the flow space is is allowing mistakes you have to do that because mistakes are part of right. part of the journey and if you constantly jump on it and go oh no no it's wrong then you're you're slowing things down you have to allow yourself to be human make mistakes and actually i've, I've got a great quote on that shortly here so all very good point. That's extre extremely value, and that's also connected to building a habit of completion, where you're you're setting yourself up. You're saying, "I'm going to go through it, no matter how it turns out, and I'm going to complete it because that muscle of completion is going to keep me going into the future." And you will get better and better and better and better as you keep going. But if you keep starting and stopping, you never actually get to the finish line, and it and then that usually builds enough frustration when you stop. And and I just before you we move on to the next topic. One quick thing, note, and very important what you said, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it, which is you what you mentioned about it being a muscle and it kind of being a discipline to just go through and get it done, then come back to it. Yes. Bringing back one of the chapters, I'm a witness, I'm a case, and it works, yes. meditation. We talked, yes. so, so again, all these points that relate to each other in this transformational process. I'm telling you, meditation will help you in this process because if you imagine that you've built that meditation practice, whether it's the end of the day, middle of the day, whatever you do, you, you're building this buffer zone, this muscle that, you, that, that you're getting strong during meditation. Now you're in this other process, creating a song, building a widget, I don't care what it is. Because you've built that calmness within you, you're going to have that muscle say, take a deep breath. I'm going to go through this, get it all done with the mistakes, and then come back. That, I just wanted to note that, that I feel like, it, again, yet another relation to things we've talked about before. Excellent. Yeah, totally agree. It's the, it's the same muscle. It's just it's, you, it's exercising in a different way. Uh, well, going into the, to the next point here. So uh, in terms of a structure for your creative life as you're if you're especially if you're just starting out and exploring uh, new thing, or, or maybe you've been in the corporate world for a while or or full-time mom and you haven't had a chance to really explore your creative life I would recommend as 
probably tens of thousands of people would recommend. Look at The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Pick up the book. Uh, it was a big influence for, for The Drummer and the Great Mountain. It was definitely one of the top three source books where I thought, okay, I want to create something like this, something that has this level of support that, and, and, and I can't express enough. It's excellent. It gives you a very clear course to go through as you're, and it doesn't matter what it is you're doing creatively. Uh, the process that she maps out, um, has helped so many people. It has proven itself to be one of the best artist courses that that's been written. And I, and I know you've got some notes in this. I'm curious to hear your experience with it. You know, you mentioned the artist's way and it's like a, hmm, like a really good dish you had, like, like mom's cooking. Like you remember when you were a yeah. kid and you just have memories of your mom's lasagna and you just know that feel and not just the taste, the feeling of when she made it for you and how you felt that feeling is the feeling I have about the artist's way. I did this years ago. It was recommended to me by a guitarist, good friend of mine. Um, I was at a point in my life, real quick story, but I think it's important. And is that um, I was I was uh, I was a violinist for hire for this band out of Orange County, and it was pretty much a full time job. So I was playing his music, and I was I was at a point in my creative life since I was doing it full time at that point where I just really felt very frustrated, and really a voice kept telling me it's time. And in fact, the friend who recommended it says, "Isn't it time for you to write your own music instead of playing other people's music? You've been doing that for a long time." And I, I never had an, any vision of writing my own songs, releasing my own album. My job always was to make other people's albums sound good. He recommended this book. And I'm telling you, it changed my whole musical career and my life. I followed her process, and that literally led to two albums. Within three years, it weren't that quick, but two original albums, my own band, started gigging on my own. It led to tours of my own band, whereas I, in the past I was touring with others. This was my own band I was touring with. This, and I love the way you put it, Michael, which is that this is about a creative, having a structure for your creative life. Couldn't put it any better. And it's a legendary book in the artist community. So many people have used this process. And the other note I want to make from it, why I think it's so great for structure, is that there are artists way groups. You have local yes. artists yes. way groups. I didn't have a chance to meet with them regularly, but the little bit I did, what a boost. It's your own little artist way support group, and it is phenomenal for the creative process. So I can't emphasize it enough. One quick bit out of that, which I just want to share with you, is this is a real easy tip that she mentions in there. Believe me, it's not going to prevent you from getting the book because you should get it, which is she mentions in there about an artist's date. This was huge for me. An artist date is literally what it sounds like. You pick a day of the week, and it can be a different day each week, and you say, on this night, I'm going to do something to fuel my creative artist side, right? You can, uh, artist side, speaking too fast, too much tea this morning. <laughs> so let me slow down. And on this artist date, the only promise you make is that it is something that's going to fuel you. Even if you have a full-time job, you can go on an artist date at night. Is it going to a museum? Is there a new piece at the museum that you're interested in? Maybe you've never thought about going to a museum. Is it about going and seeing another musician play? Is it about go. going and seeing spoken word? One thing I did with my artist date that completely opened me up, I had never, ever thought of being interested in spoken word and poetry 
There was a local spoken word group that had been meeting for years where people get up there and share their poetry. I never shared my poetry, but I went and enjoyed it as an observer. And to see people creating these words on the fly and the improvisation and the energy and the culture of the spoken word yeah. world absolutely fueled me to come back and write my album. So that's uh, love it. Love it. That's fantastic. That's it. Yeah. And we're going to wrap up. We're going to, to tie things up there with how to uh, uh, maintain your inspiration, which is a huge piece to all this. It's one of the key pieces. Um, uh, so this week, actually, it was work. I was talking with uh, someone I'm working on, on uh, another project with, and he had recommended a book and uh, I just started on it and I definitely want to put it in as a recommendation. Um, it is called Art and Fear observations on the perils and rewards of art making by David Bales and Ted Orland. Uh, really good. It's actually some of the best writing I've heard on, uh, on art and the journey of art. So I would say it sounds like it's a, from what I've read a couple of chapters in and I've been really, really impressed. And so I pulled out this one quote cause I thought this was, it was extremely good. Uh, so this is from, I think the first or second chapter of the book. Um, it says art is made by ordinary people. Creatures having only virtues can hardly be imagined making art. It's difficult to picture the Virgin Mary painting landscapes or Batman throwing pots. The flawless creature wouldn't need to make art. <clears throat> and so, ironically, the ideal artist is scarcely a theoretical figure at all. If art is made by ordinary people, then you'd have to allow that the ideal artist would be an ordinary person too, with the whole usual mixed bag of traits that real human beings possess. This is a giant hint about art, because it suggests that our flaws and weaknesses, while often often uh, often obstacles to our getting work done are a source of strength as well. Something about making art has to do with overcoming things, giving us a clear opportunity for doing things in ways we have always known we should do them. That's pretty strong. That's good. So, yeah, that's, good. that's pretty good. You just got this, right? I'm, I'm going to have to pick this one up too. That's yeah, it, it's and hadn't heard of it, and I just I – just, heard the first i was listening um the audiobook and i was like wow that's, that's good. really that's really good that's, that's and really so yeah it, it, a lot of i as going through the book it's it has that tone it's by two um writers that have definitely been doing it for a very long time and have a clear understanding of the especially like how to overcome the blocks uh and and i'd say a slightly different perspective than um the artist's way so i think it's a good companion book awesome um, all right, so I think in starting to uh, wrap up here, a couple more points. Um, one point I, I would say as you're developing your creative discipline, picking out time to to work, and then you're going to start having creative goals. That's just a, that will be a natural process. You know, of, of I'm going to work on this piece of work, or then I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to start working towards. Um, you know, booking some gigs or whatever it looks like within the medium that you're you're working in, you're going to have creative goals, and so, and you may have multiple creative interests, and so the key that is also very important for us hunter types to remember is narrow your focus. The bane of many hunter types is getting too many things going, too many avenues of expression, and not feeling like you're progressing in any of them. Mm. So the, the key here is set small, doable goals for each session. 
and be mindful to make uh, if you're making really big lofty goals and you find yourself continually not hitting them you got to dial it back pick smaller goals it's like this is how the big things have ever been accomplished if you think of like anything within your avenue of interest and you think the people that you really inspire you at some point they had to narrow it down so uh remind yourself as you're going through and doing your sessions what can i do today what's my goal for today and um again it could just be one breaststroke on the canvas, you know, that metaphor of I'm just going to commit to doing one thing. And, it, and a lot of times I've had to do that where I'm like, okay, I want to work on this particular, I, I want to practice today. I want to do some music. Um, my first goal is just to show up. And if I did that, I hit my goal. And then, okay, maybe I'll just work on one song. So if you're feeling blocked and you're not feeling the juice, then set, you know, sometimes setting small goals can get you going and moving. Um, but then the other end, if you have just that burst, like I know I've been this here before, and I'm sure you've been here, where you get so much creative energy yes. that you're overwhelmed by it, then it's also equally important to say, I'm going to put that energy towards this, because that energy is just going to be there. And you do have to have the rational mind come in and say, let's go in this direction. And then, you know, go into the process. But uh, having some kind of container for it really helps. You know, Amen to that. I and and still guilty to this day of this, right? As we say, we're all on the path, and there's no perfection. We have our ups and downs, but I've gotten a lot better. Um, I feel like I've gotten better. Um, my wife has definitely noticed the difference when she first met me, and we were going out, um, and I was still a, pretty much an artist for a living, full time living. Um, one of the ways I'd get in trouble that she observed even back then was, like you said, you run into just these times where you're just bursting with creative energy. And what I would tend to do famously uh, untransformed at that point is I would commit to too many projects. Forget about like that burst of energy and doing too many things within the same project. I'd say to this singer-songwriter, oh, yeah, I'll come and do your studio session. Yes, and I'll tour with you too. And then I'd tell another one, yeah, I'll do your – oh, that sounds great. I'll see – and then literally I would just have these panic attacks being like, I can't be in four different projects. I, I literally would like double book myself without realizing it and then have to make that call and say, I told you I'd be in the studio then, but I already got a studio session with another person. And, and it was just, it was so overwhelming to, and then you promise yourself you're not going to do that. And yet I did again, cause I hadn't done the other things, right? I hadn't gotten on an exercise and diet program for the hunter type. I hadn't gotten into my meditation. And until you do those things, as we always mention, you're not going to have, there's a, what did you call it? The rational mind. I love the way you put that. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to have that little, that little signal go off and say, Hey, I'm about to do what a typical untransformed hunter type is going to do. And I'm not going to do that. So how that presents itself once you're on the path is that now um, I literally can see I'm about to make that fourth promise that's going to make my cup full. And I say, I'm sorry, I can't, maybe in six months. When I see it coming, I, I'm able to, for the most part, I have times I fall down too. But um, I feel like I have a warning system now. It's like a little radar system that says there's the dead ahead. You're about to yes. over, over promise four people on something. So I just wanted to share that that's, you know, it... And I struggle with this because I've had this discussion with friends. You and I have had this discussion. It's 
yet it's the very nature of being an artist and being a creative yeah. type. So it's not like we're, we're, we're trying to kill that part of the spirit, but it's, again, like everything else we've discussed, it is about balance. It's just about balance. It's about balance. And, you know, to, to your point, I know – uh, I know what it's like, especially in my early twenties, just being over, just overflowing with creative energy, mm-hmm. and and feeling and there's a magic to that. That like there's some parts of me like, oh man, if I could just get back to that. But the reality is, I'm way more effective now. I'm I've accomplished. I, it. I, I, it's so much. It, it the juice is not as strong. But I'm way more effective at taking that energy and putting it into the world and creating something. But so, that's, but that's huge. What you just said, though, that I, I want everybody to take that in first. That is huge. It just got literally chills. That is huge. What you said. The juice is not as strong yeah. as hunter types, as creative spirits. That space that you talked about, that 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 place that you're in in your 20s, and you had that. That's a yeah. high. That's yeah. that's a buzz, okay? Well, yeah. That's the creative buzz. And what we think is beautifully said by you, that's what we need to achieve every time in order to create. Not so much. Maybe yeah. a little less juice, but it's focused juice. It, it just it's, balances. It's, it's, that's it. Great. It's well balanced. It, it moves in. It's not all in that kind of etheric realm. Yes. It's like I think of it, this, this creative energy is very etheric. It hasn't kind of come to ground yet. Right. And that's great. And you've got to find that. But, you know, to the to the other side of that, I mean, that hasn't gone away. Like, I, I still feel that every day. I still struggle with, okay, wait, I got to stop on this project. And so, I mean, and a lot of the people, I mean, I was just thinking, I was watching Elvis Costello and a few other people. I'm like, just watching him. He's like, he's got the same juice now, or Tom Waits, I love. I mean, they just, it just doesn't go away. It's still there. And, and I, so I think it's really important to keep that, feed that in you and part of that becomes like going into the next point which is what we're going to talk about how do you stay inspired so mm-hmm. that energy is inspiration and um we, i think part of how you lose that is you get into ruts you keep doing the same thing over and over and if you've had like some the one of the biggest challenges for artists that have been doing it for a while is you actually do get success and then you think oh well i have to keep doing this thing because that's what what's worked that's what's bringing in money or whatever and it it could be the death nail of that creative spirit because that energy needs to keep moving and keep moving and again if you look at bob dylan i mean he's been the master of continually reinventing himself over and over and over again and so i think that that's the the key it's like if you place your your focus on maintaining that spark then what comes through is going to be always fresh and new and, and vitalized. If you've placed your energy towards the accomplishment, like what it's going to look like at the end of the day, then it's it may fall flat. So my encouragement is in going through is one, you need to maintain that spark and you need to know, as you were saying about scheduling a, uh, a, uh, a play date or like an artist date mm-hmm. is you make a list of things, you know, inspire you maybe it's it's if you're an artist you're looking at books that people have uh, you're, you're flipping through work of other people's art you're going online i mean getting online is the like it doesn't get any better like this is we're living at the best possible time if you're an artist you can access any form of inspiration instantly for pretty much whatever you're interested in so if it's music you know put on the music uh if you're learning a new craft get on youtube look through videos 
reach out to people that are doing it, get some feedback. But the key to all this is you know that if you just say, okay, I'm going to set this time aside, I'm going to sit down, and then, okay, I have no juice. That's not how you do it. That's not how I do it. I'm like if, if if all you do during that time in your creative discipline time is you sit down and you you start flipping through things that inspire you, then you're going to have a great session. So uh, to me, it's like that inspiration piece needs to be you need to be mindful about what does it, and if you haven't found it yet, you need to keep looking until you find it, and then you you need to continually revisit, and it's going to change. It's never, it's not going to be the same thing for the rest of your life. You need to constantly look in new places, be open to new experiences, uh, but then, but use that inspiration, have a practice maybe at the beginning of your creative session where you, you, you pick out something that's going to inspire you or potentially inspire you and make it something different than maybe you've you've done in the past. So you can't just listen to the same album over and over and over again. Um, and then you, you'll get the juice, and then that will then it'll set a bar for yourself. You're like, okay, I got to hit that bar for what I'm doing, and it'll also give you the energy to keep going. Uh, and especially, and then the other point of it is, if you're feeling sad, like if you have past regrets and things that that failed, you know, grieve those and move on. You need to let it go. And, and part of, I'm glad you mentioned that. Really interesting you mentioned that because so you're sitting down now to work on your creative discipline, your project, whatever it may be, or if it's just to have that hour of creativity or you're actually trying to create something like it's something that has an end goal. Um, so you talked about picking three sources of inspiration and that's good if it's related to, right, because you want to pick stuff that inspires you on Project X that you're working on. You want to find other Project Xs. Yeah. One bit of advice I have to, in addition to that, is don't be afraid for it to have nothing to do with necessarily art or creating art, but something else that's going to inspire you about life. I found that during this process, you know, you get these forwards. You know, I was just trying to work on the project the other day, and I was definitely in, in, in a rut with this compositional project. And lo and behold, like the universe always does, just gives you gifts if you're listening. If your radar is is on, you'll see the gifts that you're given. And a friend sent me this New Year's um, email with a TED Talk. I love TED Talks. I know, I know Michael, you and I are big fans of these TED yes. Talks. And uh, I think it's a professor. Yes, it's a Harvard professor, Robert Waldinger. Uh, please Google this. Uh, it's called What Makes a Good Life? Lessons from, it's an actual study, lessons from the longest study on happiness. And you may think, well, I'm not unhappy. I'm working on my project. But you'd be surprised how this brings in a renewed spirit for life. And that renewed yep. like spirit for life and fulfilledness and what and, and and it's funny this actually did inspire me because in in this lessons for longest study on happiness they talk about how money is not the end goal and that in this study it proved people are happy who are doing things that fulfills them and with that comes the money whereas we are sometimes kind of. Um, made to think the other way around, do things that make you money and therefore comes happiness. And so find different ways of getting inspired. There's always stuff on YouTube about um, inspirational stories. You know, the guy who, who barely could walk, barely, barely could walk from being in the military and how yoga changed his life and now he's running marathons. Things like that can also fuel your creativity. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and it, you, you can't predict necessarily what's going to do it. And, but I make note when you feel it, 
I think that is that's the key. Yes. Yeah, because if you if you're kind of floating to the like, my sense is this: if you're a creative person or you want to explore your creativity and you don't have a notepad or some way of taking notes and 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 noting the things that show up, you're you're you need to step it up. Because that's that's bare minimum. You need to at least start to reference and become aware of the world around you, how you react to things, what inspires you, and you need to start getting good at taking that and bringing it into in whatever form it could be. But just the process of writing it down, taking a note, having some structure to your creative life is really going to serve you in the long run. And if you haven't placed your energy there yet, it's a great. 2016 goal to start developing your creative life on that note before we wrap up my process and again it takes getting to a place in the transformational process of being a hunter type to even have a process but my creative process when i sit down and work on my compositions is in the beginning i always put on something musical to inspire me i find a youtube link something to do with composers if it's from mozart to a modern day composer just to a modern day violin solo whatever it is five minutes usually i make sure it's not more than five minutes so i don't get into the cycle of going through 85 videos and then an hour has gone by yeah. I do that in the beginning. And then always in the middle, I now have it as my process. Even if I don't feel like I need a break, I take a break about an hour in, usually two-hour sessions for me for my compositions is what I try to do. I take that break after the first hour, and now I put on what I just mentioned. I make sure it's an inspirational video or an inspirational audio talk, not necessarily something related to music, and then that fuels the last half of my creativity. So there you go. There we go. We are a small press. Please help us spread the word. Um, reviews, we always have said now for a year, are really helpful. Um, we love the way you engage with us on social media. Um, DrummerInTheGreatMountain.com is the main website. We have um, the social media links up there. Please continue uh, to engage with us on Facebook. Michael shares with me everything you guys put on that Facebook um, and you do email Michael as well. Please keep up with that. Like we always say, when you share with us your story of you having found us or having found the book first, whichever it may be, and telling us how you're doing, we never share the personal information, but your stories inspire us and they are weaving. You've already seen it. Today's episode is an example of a lot of different emails we got and why we came up with this topic, right, Michael? Yes, I mean, this is literally right. why, because this is what we've been hearing from you out there. Um, ideas on getting the word out, which is what you've been great about. Please continue. Um, definitely get this info to uh, institutions, social workers, progressive psychologists. Michael does talks all the time based on this book, lectures. He had a few last year. He's got a lot more coming up this year. Help us get the word out so that we can grow this community and help each other. And so that's that's how you can help us in this new year on on, on getting the word word out. Um, Michael, thank you as always for your time. Um, we've got uh, we've got an exciting uh, couple episodes coming up, including a special guest next week. Yes, so we have Sarah Hutchinson coming on from Yoga Wisdom and Wellness, and she is responsible. Uh, in part for having this podcast even show up because she was one of the ones that strongly championed me to find someone to, you know, do the podcast with and, and get it, get an audio form of it. And I, I think she was very, her basic focus was create something that's an audio support for the book. And so this, like literally I got off the phone with her 
and I called Bamman up, and here we are. So she's and she's funny. great. And so we're going to be talking about yoga. We're talking about Ayurveda. We're going to be talking about um, supplements. And she also has some experience with hunter types in her life, and she's had some really good insights for me uh, as feedback on the book. So uh, really amazing person. Look, look forward to that. Um, I want to give you all an assignment because yes. I was just on iTunes the other day. So I'm, this is a request. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go to iTunes. It's a little tricky. I've noticed they've changed it around a bit. Find the reviews for this podcast. Please give it a, a review. If you're enjoying this, it helps other people find it, uh, jump on board and listen. It would make a big difference. And I, and this is just giving this away for free. So this is not like a marketing pitch, but it, it does help other people as I've been hearing from you, from all you, like this is really helping people, and I want to get, I want to build it and grow it. So please go to iTunes, uh, go to the review section. Please write a review, or at least rate the podcast. That would be so helpful. Yes, please do that. And for the book, uh, websites like Goodreads, uh, thanks for the reviews already on there, and and keep them coming. And uh, exciting way to start off the new year. Thank you as always, my friend, for your time. You as well. Great. Yeah, looking Very forward good. to uh, talking with good. Sarah next week. You got it. Drummer and the great mountain.com is where you can find us. Give us feedback. We want to hear your stories. Keep them coming. And uh, we are looking forward to a brand new year, exciting special guests, and, and growing the community. So, as we always say on the Drummer and the Great Mountain podcast, please take care of yourselves and your health. Be well.
Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress.